I don't really know how to like start this one. <laughs> uh, Being kind of last minute, Mo. Yeah. I guess an intro would probably be the best place to start. Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead with an intro, and then if we have to fumble around for for traction, it, I mean, we can all be edited in post, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> not to not to give you more work. Nerdscape. I am Fen. I am Ralma. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Legend of Zelda. Yep. All right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we had funny. some. We had a, a couple Sorry. of minor scheduling. Yes. Um, issues. Yes. So, um, Infinity um, War is not happening this week, but we will be getting to it eventually. Yeah. Um, so, but instead of just, you know, taking another week off, because it has been two weeks since our last recording, um, we yeah. wanted to at least do something, and, um, this is something that we, we'd brought up before. It was actually a suggestion. And, yes. Um, we had our, our first suggested topic, um, uh, Jax, who was a guest on our Final Fantasy discussion. That's right. Um, and this is this is actually one of those one of those things that we really got into about the same time. Yeah, I would argue that uh, Legend of Zelda is probably the first video game I ever played. It might be. It's I don't the first know, one Duck I remember. Hunt. Duck Hunt was probably pretty early on. I mean, you could argue that any of those NES games that we played when we were kids. This is true, but this was, was the probably one. the one that we. This is probably the one we put the most time into as our introduction to video games, right. honestly. Um, even though I, I don't know that we we really pursued this, I, at least I didn't really pursue the story much. Um, because uh, there was a period of time where you know our grandmother was living with us in the house and she mm -hmm. had an old NES system and a whole bunch of games. And the original Legend of Zelda, like the gold, gold-plated, well, not gold-plated, you know, the gold-colored. I'm sorry. Actually, the the gold cartridge she had was um, Link's Adventure. Was it not both of them? It was not both of them, no. I oh. have seen the gold cartridge for the original, <laughs> but if I, I'm remembering and. Like, I kept wanting to play the huh. gold cartridge because I thought that that was the first one. But every time I put it in and started playing it, I was super disappointed because it was the wrong game. And I didn't like it. Huh. 
that's weird because I always, always remembered the gold cartridge as being the original game, and I knew that, like, I know that it came at, like, you could get it in the gold cartridge, and then there was a later release that was the the gray one, but, huh, that's funny. Yeah, I just, anyway. I, 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 I specifically remember that because I was always disappointed because I did not like Zelda 2. Yeah, and I'll, uh, we'll get into that later, but, yeah, <laughs> Zelda 2 is, um... But yeah, no, it was, so Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda, 1987, right? 87? I, oh, hold on, I actually probably have it right in front of me. It, it was either 86 or 87, I'm always getting it wrong. But, yeah, so that was actually our introduction to Legend of Zelda, which is, I mean, obviously it's odd for, for people of our age, most of... Most of the people our age got into it with uh, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, yeah. Um, but no, we actually we had access to the original Legend of Zelda, and I mean, I liked just running around the overworld and killing monsters, yeah. and and um, that was that was where I got. I didn't like the dungeons because I wasn't couldn't figure them out. <laughs> the monsters were harder. Yep. Uh, I think I avoided the desert too. I. That sounds familiar, yeah. The was desert the, sucked. Yeah, because there were the, the flying enemies that I cannot remember the name of. There were flying enemies, there were burrowing enemies. Yeah, well see, the burrowing enemies didn't bother me as much, but the flying enemies that you could only hit when they landed, that that was that was too much for me as a kid. I was like, nope, <laughs> we're not going to bother. We are not going to bother. 1986, um, I, by the way. 86, okay, 86. it was 86. 87 was uh, Zelda 2. Okay, that was that's pretty quick turnaround then. Mm-hmm. No, they were quick turnaround back then. Yeah, I do remember uh, Auntie Mel at one point had gotten on to both of our accounts, or maybe it was maybe it was just mine. But I thought it was both of ours and and bought the blue rings for us. <laughs> well, she had she had the map like all filled out. She had this map that she had yes. marked with all of the like all the secrets and everything. We spent hours pouring over that map. Yes. Between the map and the the instruction booklet actually that came with the game had a it was it was almost a, a strategy guide in itself. Well, because instruction booklets back then, that's where you got all of the story and all of the tutorials and everything. They didn't come built into the games back in the day. Right. Even if we weren't playing, uh, we would be, you know, reading the book or pouring over the map, looking at everything. Um, we could actually, it was, it did. I don't know that we ever really got lost in the Lost Woods because of that map. Right, because it actually had the instructions on it for how to get through. Yep. Yep. P-hats. They're called P-hats. P-hats, that's right. That is not nearly as weird of a name as I thought it was. Well, the levers are the ones that um, he burrows. Yep, and that's yeah, <laughs> that's right. P hats and the levers. Um, but it was. Uh, it would be. I don't think it was until Twilight Princess that I actually got back into Zelda. After that. It was it was a while for me. It's been kind of like an on and off thing. Um, yeah. I remember we actually had an issue of 
I want to I want to say it was Nintendo Power, but I don't actually know for sure that that's what it was. But right before um, Ocarina of Time came out. Mm-hmm. So it had all of those articles on all the new stuff that was coming out on the the brand new 3D Legend of Zelda game. Oh yeah. But we didn't have a. a yep. 64. So. Yeah, because um, we went from Super Nintendo to PlayStation. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, we never. I think I may have played uh, 64 once in my life. <laughs> so. So yeah, we missed out on a lot of those games until um, until we ended up with a GameCube, I guess. Which I had bought specifically for. Um, there was the the collection that had the yes. original. Legend of Zelda had Twilight Princess on it. Had Ocarina of Time on it. Did it have Twilight Princess? No, it was, no, it uh, didn't. That was separate. It had one, two, and then it had Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's what it was. And was it a Wind Waker demo as well? Mm, possibly. I actually don't remember. It's been a good like ten years since I bought that. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Twilight Princess was actually the um, the first Zelda game that I actually played through entirely, beginning to end. Interesting. Yep. I I think the first Legend of Zelda is, uh, was the first one that I I beat, but only after I picked up the Game Boy version to play on um, the DS. Okay. And I had yeah. to use a guide to get through the last dungeon. <laughs> yeah, the, the last dungeon's a mess. But I he, mean, yeah. Just just it's 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 a maze. <laughs> yeah, teleporting everywhere, trying to find all the secret yeah. passages. Mhm. It's not straightforward at all. No. Um yeah, I was the same way. I think it was. Um, I think I did beat it on the the GameCube version. And I've I've always meant to go back. And if you um, if you enter your name as Zelda, mm-hmm. it it unlocks an enti- like a basically a second playthrough. The Master Quest, yeah. Yes, everything's moved. Yep, everything's, everything's different. different. I some things are the like the locations of the dungeons are the same. Right. I think. Might not be, I don't remember. No, actually I don't I think everything moves. The the dungeons have been moved. The entrances are all in the same places, but like which dungeon you get into when you get in there is different. Yeah. Yeah, like the overworld doesn't change, but like locations of secrets and and Right. Stuff like that, and of course the dungeons themselves are all different. Which is is inter- it's interesting to think about because the way the original Legend of Zelda worked, it was very open world. It was probably the first open world game in existence. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's up there at least because I mean the idea of a sandbox game wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, granted, there were certain dungeons that you couldn't like get to like you didn't have access to them until you got certain items 
But right. like the first three or four like dungeons that the dungeons all have numbers assigned to them. And the first three or four dungeons, you can really tackle it any in any order. They're they're numbered as a recommendation because Right. Difficulty ranking. Difficulty level, yeah. But there's no like leveling or anything. So yeah, you could you know, you could do them in any order. Right. Which is something that I don't think really ever got replicated in a Zelda game until Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like they yeah, became no. very linear after that. Yes. Yeah, because it's always, you know, you had to do the dungeons in a certain order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, Even they, 2, I think that's really... why we had such a hard time with 2, is because it was like, you have to do this very specific yes. thing, or you cannot advance. And I've actually gone back and tried to play 2, and it's it's hard. It is hard. Like, I, I don't remember if I got through the first dungeon, but I, I made it 2 and got... Part, but it's it's so difficult. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like you, there's timing involved, and like like the the first temple that you that you get in that you have access to really is very very difficult. Yes. Not to mention the fact that you it's not like on a road. You have to yeah. cross through like wilderness to get to it. And if you cross through wilderness, you're likely to get into a fight. It's like it, it's like the uh, Final Fantasy um, uh, random encounters. Almost. I mean, you can kind of see them there. Like, you know yeah. if you touch one, you're going to get into a fight. But sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah, no, they're, they, they can be, especially the ones that sprout because you leave the road, can be hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, two's, two's rough. Yeah. And a lot of the reason I think that I didn't like it was specifically because I was used to this open-world environment where I could go do whatever I wanted. Right, yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, even the later games that feel very railroady have an element of open-world, so you can still go and do other things. Right, exactly. On the side. You can go, maybe not everywhere, but there's a lot of places that are open to you. Um, after you get past maybe the prologue-esque part of the game. I guess what I'm hearing here is that 2 has its merits, and it's maybe not as bad as people say it is, but it is still poorly designed Yeah, no, as a I Zelda think, game. I think it's just, it's so drastically different from the rest of the series. I yeah. think it probably would have been re- received better if it didn't have the, the Legend of Zelda name on it. Kind of like 13. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Well, that technically wasn't even a Super Mario that, Brothers yeah, game. Yeah, that, was, was, that was a reskin of a completely different game. But it, it has that same kind of like, this is, like, I can see the similarities to the other games, but it's also so drastically different, it almost doesn't fit. Right, exactly. I I had a lot of fun with that game, but that's completely besides I, the point. I do- I do want to like like I said I'd recently tried to go back to it and it was it was still very difficult and I do eventually want to play through it. It's just it's yeah. going to be a bit of a time sink. I'm oh, definitely. Yeah, I've actually technically only 
like beaten two Zelda games. I've played um, I've played a little bit of Twilight Princess. I've played most of uh, A Link to the Past. I haven't uh, actually. Sorry. Go ahead. I haven't actually gotten a chance to play Link to the Past yet. It is quite good. Yeah, no. It's, I would definitely um, recommend it. <laughs> it uh, it feels like um, Final Fantasy VI in the uh, the fan reception to it. I guess. Yeah, if if that was if 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 you were playing Zelda back during that time, then that was your favorite mm-hmm. game. Yeah, the soup that was Super Nintendo, right? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like any any sufficiently long running um, uh, video game franchise kind of has those like eras where depending on where you grew up with it there's a specific game that is like milestone games where if you grew up with it that was your favorite right and as we've said it's we call it the final fantasy 6 effect because that's that's yeah. kind of the primary example is if you grew up playing the older games final fantasy 6 is your favorite and if yep. you grew up playing the newer games like after that generation it's usually final fantasy 7 yeah and that's that's ocarina of time right for for uh zelda which i i completed that one that one was a lot of fun i've never actually finished it i i did play a little bit of it i think i watched somebody else play it on youtube the uh the graphics are a bit dated yeah yeah the graphics <laughs> but- most things from the 64 era are. Oh no! You know what? I got that for the um, I got that for the the 3DS when that came out. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So the graphics are quite a bit better. Well, yeah, yeah. That was still so... kind of dated though, in like the rigging and mm. everything. Yeah, um, but I beat that one. I beat Majora's Mask as well, which I actually enjoyed more. And I know that's that's blasphemy right there amongst the circles, <laughs> but no, I I actually enjoyed Majora's Mask more than Ocarina of Time. I never could really understand the mechanics of Majora's Mask. It it takes a minute, and it's a little bit of a um, uh, mind warp. Well, because you have to keep like reloading your game or something, right? Uh you play basically you play the Song of Time. And it starts you back over at the beginning of the three-day period. That would be why I could never figure it out. And some things reset, some things don't. If you've completed a dungeon, it stays completed. Obviously, uh, you could never beat the game otherwise. Oh, yeah. Um, but a lot of like the side quests and other things still need to be, um, need to be taken care of. Interesting. But it was... Um, The I think a lot of the uh, the side characters and the NPCs were a little more fleshed out mm-hmm. because there maybe weren't as many and they weren't maybe so scattered as as Ocarina of Time had a much larger world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Majora's uh, Mask is basically like this one town. Yes, one town in the outlying areas, and there's um, yeah, it's. I think Majora's Mask uh, fleshed out the Zora a little more than any other game I've played to date. Yeah. 
that was I think it was actually my favorite part of Majora's Mask was the water, which is completely opposite of every other Zelda game I've played, where I just loathe the water temple and the water areas. As a popular opinion, um, I cannot stand water levels. <laughs> As an unpopular opinion, I kind of feel like the Zora are... Um, what's the word I want to use? Overrated? Yeah, I can see that. I think I feel like there are far too many of them. <laughs> like, there are some games where, like, you have Zora and you don't have, like, really anything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they probably recur more than any other race. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, technically they were the only race that was in the first game. Technically speaking, yes, and they were in the second game. Or not the second game, but, um, well, they might have been in the second game. I have beast lists in front of me, and I'm <laughs> trying to flip through this enormous book. Um, but yeah, the uh, the River Zola, which was this little monster who'd poke his head up out of the water and shoot magic energy mm-hmm. balls at Link in the original game, are, um, I think even in like the, the main book, it referenced the Zora. It's, saying that the river zola were um were mutated it's uh it's actually a mistranslation oh is it and i didn't realize this until recently because in the art the art book that i have i have the um art and artifacts book which is really really cool um it it lists them as zora it okay so it is supposed to be zora yes they well just, and if you think they, about it it is no, a japanese yeah, game absolutely. they don't have any way of differentiating yep Yep. So it was it was a mistranslation. Yeah, and I, I think I always suspected that that might have been the case, but everyone just kind of went with the L instead of the R right. for that that's, particular that's, monster. That's what the uh, that's what the book said. Um, but Link to the Past, they're actually in a Link to the Past. Okay. What about uh, what about the Goron? The Goron, I believe their first, um, I believe the first time we see them is in uh, Ocarina of Time. Okay, because they're they're my favorite. I'm flipping through it right now to see. I've always I've always thought the Gorons were the coolest. Gorons are pretty cool. Mm. They're a little odd. They are. They're almost mascot character esque in the way <laughs> they bit. act and the way they interact and you know the way they. But I just I've always thought the design was really cool. Yeah, it's a little um, especially in Ocarina of Time specifically because um, it's it looks like that it that was the first. Um, iteration yes um it's a little heavy-handed with the whole like all of these different races come from different um like environments and stuff Mm -hmm. because you have fish people and you have rock people right the only one that's kind of like 
Like you've got the the Kokiri, which are all like little kids with green hair. Yeah. And then you have the the Gerudo, which are all like tall, dark-skinned women. Yeah. Their uh, their races were kind of generic. Mm-hmm. But it set the precedent for the rest of the series, so there's something to be said for that. Yes. And I guess, you know, there's there's a certain amount of a certain amount of um leeway that has to be given to the hardware for the system, not being able to handle a whole lot of um variation between like random characters that don't have names. Yeah, no, this is true. Anyway, you, you, I guess you see that a lot in older games where, you know, reused uh, sprites and images. Right. Just copy and paste, and there you go, you're done. Yep. Do you remember how pissed off we were when we found out that they changed Ganon's name? Yes. Yes, I why, do remember that. Why was that a thing? Why were we mad about that? Because uh, I think the same reason why people get mad about Aerith. It just, it wasn't what we were used to and we didn't understand it. That's a fair point. <laughs> it's just, I, I specifically like, remember that, looking through the magazine, like, they changed his name to Ganondorf? That's so stupid, that's not his name. But, you know, in hindsight, realizing that it was so they could differentiate between his his uh, more human-looking form and his, um, and his demon pig. Beast. pig. Yeah. Which they do, like, they do differentiate very, very well. Yes. Yep. And they continue to do so throughout the series. Anytime he has, like, a human appearance, it's Ganondorf. And then yes. he almost always has, like, a bestial second form. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever understand why they went with a pig monster for their I big villain. I don't either. That's an excellent question. Unless it was an, like some kind of weird mutation out of... Because I know... Um, I know that there was some crossover in the development of Mario with the original Legend of Zelda. So you think it was some sort of like a Bowser mutation? It it may have been. Or based off of maybe based off of earlier concept art of Bowser or something to that nature. Yeah, I'm not um, I'm not really sure. Because like the you know, looking at the sprites here and everything, he's always been very clearly a pig. True. Like he's literally this giant anthropomorphic pig wearing a cape with a skull. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just I, I know that there were a lot of um a lot of creatures that were developed for Mario, a lot of enemies were um uh present in Legend of Zelda. Right. Like which ones specifically? Because I don't know if I could um, point them out if I if you asked me to. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I know there was um uh like uh some 
plants. The the carnivorous plants. Hold on, I have the Hyrule Historia. I can actually look this up. I was going to say, I mean, I've got a book, but you've got a book. So. Um, let's see. Okay, yes. Legend of Zelda. Concept art is always really cool. Hmm. The uh, art and artifacts that I have actually has images from like all of the original um, uh, instruction manuals and everything, which is really nostalgic for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking at... Uh... Okay, it, it's not in here. Um... Yeah, there was... Um... It's not the Octrox, is it? No. I think it was a dun there was a dungeon monster that was basically a uh it was basically it was you know the 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 flowers that come out of the pipes and eat you and Mario? Yeah. Oh, it was the, a similar The Manhandler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Seems kind of creepy to me to be like a Mario concept personally. I mean, I mean they they reskin some of it. I'm sure they adapted it to the, the actual like graphics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm looking at it. He looks like he probably could have had polka dots at some point. Yeah, well, because it was um, Morimoto, is that right? I believe so. He was He was in charge of both of them. Right, right. Oh, you know what? Hmm. <laughs> Remember the wall traps? Yep. Uh, thwomps. Oh, so it was actually a concept that got used in both games. Yes, because I'm looking at I am looking at a concept sketch of what looks like thwomps for Legend of Zelda, and it looks, and one of the designs is very close to what the wall traps ended up being. Wow. Well, you learn something new every day. Speaking of learning new things and talking about original um, Legend of Zelda enemies, <laughs> do you know the um, Pole's voice? Do, do you know the, the thing behind that? Yes. Yes, I do actually, but I'll um, I'll let you I'll let you tell it. I learned this just recently. The um, the original, um, I guess it was the Famicom. Yep, the Famicom system in in Japan. The controller actually had, or the second controller, like if you plugged it into the second port, it had like a a, a microphone that would work. Mm -hmm. And apparently, the Pole's voice, like mob was specifically programmed to respond to sound that like if you like blew or yelled into the the microphone it would like freeze up and you could kill it easier yep so there's actually a um a piece of advice or like a hint that you get from from an npc at one point in the game that tells you that pole's voice doesn't like loud sounds which is completely makes, useless to you in the U.S. version of the game. Yep. 
absolutely useless and it led to you know people would try to use like the the flute or or a bomb or like bomb, anything. all kinds of things and nothing nothing affected it right nothing at all you would literally just have to like get really lucky and hit it when it wasn't yeah. around as much yeah try to catch it between jumps yeah which sucks yeah like it was it was major oversight there They should have done something to, like, change the mechanics of that monster. Yeah. Because that's just ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. I, I just recently learned that, and I thought that was an interesting piece of, uh, of trivia. Yes. It's, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, do you know where uh, Miyamoto got the idea for the concept of the game, the original game? Um, I don't remember. Well, when he was a kid, apparently he used to go exploring around the countryside mm -hmm. near where he lived. And there was, I guess, some extensive cave. Well, maybe not extensive, but there were, like, caves. Oh, fine. And he would crawl into these caves as a child. And when he uh, when he was with Nintendo, he thought it would be a good concept for a video game. Like literally, like dungeon crawling. Yep. Because if you look at the the like the um, concept art, like the the render drawings and stuff from the original manual and everything, like that's what you're supposed to be doing in these dungeons is literally like crawling through these labyrinthine passages. Yeah. They don't look like that on the screen. They look like a bunch of rooms. Right. But that's what it's supposed to be. Yep. That's really interesting. It is. I love that uh, that little bit of background information. Hmm. I have to wonder how many of these like monsters and stuff he came up with just sitting by himself in the back of the cave. Right. <laughs> so I'm um, flipping through this. Um, it looks mm -hmm. like the concept of like the three goddesses first came about in um, A Link to the Past. Okay. Which is yeah. interesting because that's kind of like like it seems really early on to me. Well, it's funny because the more I hear and learn about Link to the Past. The more I realize how much of the lore of the series was derived from that game, yeah, an Ocarina of Time just kind of um, expanded the formula of the gameplay, right? If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. And to not, some people would probably say perfected the gameplay, but I I don't want to discredit earlier games that I haven't played because well, I know there are, I know there are people who would argue with me that a link to the past is um is, is really really excellent progression of the original game because it's still this whole mm. like you have to collect all these different items and figure out how to use them to your advantage in certain situations and all this other stuff um, but again, it also like really set the groundwork for like that was the first technical. It was technically the first iteration we saw of the Master Sword in its 
contemporary yes. form. I mean, the original yes. game had the magical sword. Right, which is obviously can be retconned to be the master sword. Of course. But it wasn't the master sword. Capital right. M. Right. And it, it didn't look like what it ended up looking like. Like, the the design for the Master Sword originated in A Link to the Past. Yeah. And that's such an iconic design, too. I mean, the scene is really iconic. Yes. And that kind of... It set the, it set the standard for you have to collect these three elemental gems before you can even get it. Kind of like what Ocarina of Time did with uh, Temple of Time. Right. And a lot of the music that, get, that still gets reused in the series today. Which is funny, because like it doesn't all get reused. No. But people will get really upset if you have like a groundbreaking game like Breath of the Wild that doesn't use certain pieces. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Because all of the games have had like really unique music. Right. There's certain things like the, the overworld theme, which originated in the original game, of course. Right. That you kind of have to put in there somewhere. And all of the games do. Mm-hmm. But Ocarina of Time, I think, is the only one that has like those really like iconic musical pieces. Yeah, which is reasonable because music is such a central part of the plot and mechanics. Right. Which is kind of sad. It makes me wish that Spirit Tracks had some more iconic like musical pieces and stuff, because music was very, very mm. important in that game, too. You know, I didn't actually uh, play that one. I didn't finish it, but I did play quite a lot of it. I very, very much enjoyed it. I loved the music. It just wasn't anything like really like gripping or iconic about any of the particular pieces except for like driving the train. Mhm. Cuz it was like this it was this musical motif where like the faster you went the more complex the the music got. Oh, that's fun. And I love musical pieces like that. Like um how in uh Super Mario World you're riding Yoshi and it adds an entire layer to the music. Right, or like in um, um, in Yoshi's Island, where like every time you get to a new section of the map, the music gets like instruments added onto it. Mm, yeah. Or for a more oh. recent example, um, Tartarus in Persona Three. Yep. Every time you move up a, a block, the music changes, but it's the yep. same. It's the same music. It's the same melody. Yeah. It just gets added onto. But yeah, the. Um, the three goddesses weren't actually a thing until Link to the Past. Nice. Which, I mean, that that is still fairly early in the uh, the life cycle of Zelda, but still. Right, but it wasn't it wasn't always there. Like the the things that I, were always there were the overworld music, the main character, Princess Zelda, Ganon, and. The Triforce. Those are really the only... I mean, those are the core elements of the series, to be <laughs> yeah. perfectly fair. But right. most of the mythology and everything wasn't there yet. Yep. Actually, there is one other element in the original game. It was not actually in the game, 
that survive has, has still survived throughout the entire series. And I'm curious if you can remember what it is. Are we referring to time travel? Nope. Okay. There was no time travel in this one. No, but there was supposed to be. Really? Yes. That's intriguing. In fact, um, <laughs> uh, I think that they had intended a almost um, Chrono Trigger-esque plot initially with oh, uh, traveling wow. between between traveling between a um a futuristic hyrule with like high tech um where the triforce was like computer chips <laughs> and then traveling back to an ancient hyrule which ended up being all that was in the game was that ancient hyrule that would have been fun but there's actually concept art of zelda in a high tech futuristic outfit wow yes I did not know that. But what I'm actually specifically referring to is a character. Impa? Impa. That's right. She was actually um, in the instruction manual. It tells you the whole story That's of like right. what happened before the game actually starts. And she's this old woman. She was a nursemaid to the princess, and she was looking for a hero to go and save her. That's right. And she's also the one in the... <laughs> Again, in the instruction booklet to uh, Link's Adventure, yep, that explains to him that uh, his destiny when the Triforce symbol shows up on the back of his hand. Right, exactly. And that actually leads me into one of the reasons why I have such a fondness for this game. <laughs> and it's it's almost a stupid reason, but. Up until there was there was a point when I noticed that in the instruction manual, in the, the instruction booklet, every single image of Link, hmm. he is holding his sword in his left hand. Yeah. I had never in my life up to that point seen a character who was left-handed like I was. And that was the coolest thing for me. Yeah, that was that was really, really important for you. It was a big deal because, like, not that I had a hard time identifying with right-handed characters and anything. That, that wasn't an issue. But to have a character who I could identify with in that regard, something that I already – it already made me feel different growing up. Right. But that there was this character I could look up to who was also left-handed, it was such a cool thing for, for, for me as a child. Well, because you had a lot of um, dyslexia problems and stuff because of that, too, right? Yes. Yes. I did not actually learn to read until I was, I think, seven or eight, honestly. Yeah. You were you were a bit behind. Yep. Cause, and, and if you look at some of my old handwriting, I would write letters backwards. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, it was, it was, yeah. Learn, learning was... Well, you spend your whole life, like, trying to flip everything around because everything is designed for, like, right-handed people. So then your mm -hmm. your automatic assumption is, well, this, you know, whole writing and reading thing must be exactly the same, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you're mirroring the actions that you're seeing when you need to be, yeah. Just adapting them instead. Yep. 
but yeah, so to be able to identify with this this character who was, um, yeah, was he was also left-handed. Yeah, it was. It because was, that's not something that you see a lot. Because it's not a detail that most people think about. No, it's not. Um, I and, actually, I had recently discovered that I believe Kane Highwind from Final Fantasy IV is also left-handed. That's cool. I'm, um, I'm curious I, what, what goes into a, des a design decision like that. I know, me too, because it's like, it has to be a conscious choice. Right. It's not something that you're like, whoops, he's holding a sword in the wrong hand. It's like, no, he, no, it's, like, it's it's a consistent thing. And it's always, it was a consistent thing all the way up until um, the Wii came out. When they ported Twilight Princess over to the Wii to make the controls easier to use, actually mirrored the entire game. Oh, goodness. That must have been so confusing for some people. Oh, it, it would be confusing for me if I were to go back and play mm -hmm. the Wii version. Um, or the... Um, I think it's the Wii U version. There is... You can either play the, the base game or there's like... I don't remember what about it is different, but there's a version of the game on the Wii U version that has the mirrored everything. But, like, the map and everything is backwards. Wow. Yep. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm flipping through, like, concept and box art and, and everything, like, throughout the series and every single one of these shots, he's holding the sword in his left hand. Yep, it is consistent right up until, I believe, the first canon appearance of a right-handed link is Skyward Sword because mm -hmm. it was on the Wii. Because it was specifically designed for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Which I remember and you were very upset about that. I was. I was a little, it was it was disappointing because again it was something that I had attached to and it it felt almost like a betrayal of the character. Yeah even on the even in the cover art for Wind Waker, because he's only really holding like a baton, but he's still right. holding it in his left hand. Yep. Um, and I think prior to the, um, even the sprites have always, sprites and um, character models up until, again, the Wii version of Twilight Princess, it's always mm -hmm. been a left-handed Link. With the exception of, I think it's the Oracle games on the Game Boy where his shield is always facing the screen, the camera, regardless of which direction you're facing. Gotcha. I think um, I think that that exception also holds with the original game when he was facing to the right or left. I think it was just a single image that was flipped. Let me see if I can confirm that real quick. But when it he was facing be. forward and, and, and backward, he would still like yep. swipe with his... Shield moves to the hand. right so the sword can come out from behind it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, haven't paid much attention to uh, Breath of the Wild, but has he gone back to being left-handed? Um, you know what? I think he's right-handed in Breath of the Wild. <sighs> That's disappointing. Yeah, sorry. No, uh, I mean... Oh, you know what? There's some really old concept art of him as right-handed. Interesting. 
trying to find it. It's having uh, so much trouble, like flipping through the pages of this book. It was easier to develop. It was okay. Here's here's a quote from the Historia. Okay. In order to aid in the creation of the pixel art and for the purposes of configuration and game screens, he was altered to be left-handed. Oh, okay. So for whatever reason, the way they were creating the sprites, it was easier for it to be left-handed. And that just, it just stuck. Gotcha. So it was um, a convenience, a, a choice of convenience. Yeah. That turned into a design choice. Yeah. They just, they leaned into it. Because, yeah, all the concept art after that decision is made, it's all left-handed. I cannot find the sprite lists for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it I, looks like it looks like he is right-handed in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, he is. Ah, uh, well. Although that too has probably the Wii and maybe the Switch to blame because of motion controls. There actually aren't any motion controls in this game. Oh, there aren't. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, Skyward Sword, they did the motion controls for, and I don't know if it was just too clunky, they weren't able to to get it to work out, but they pretty much abandoned that. Hmm. But yeah, it's kind of disappointing that they haven't, that they kept it right-handed, or went back to the right-handed again for Breath of the Wild. I'm not really sure why they did that. I finally found the sprites, by the way, and if he is facing, like, to the side, his sword's going to be coming out from, like, whichever side is facing the screen. Okay. So, like, if he's facing to the right, then he's right-handed, but if he's facing to the left, he's still left-handed. Okay. But if he's well, facing I mean, front that's... or back, then he's left-handed. Yeah, but that's that's more of a... Uh, that's literally, they had technical. one sprite, and they just reversed it. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a technical constraint. The same with the uh, the Game Boy mm-hmm. issue, or like with the Wii issue, is probably like I don't yeah. I don't know if there's any way they could have really mapped that to being left-handed. No, it, it would been it would have been difficult to, yeah, it would have been counterintuitive mm-hmm. otherwise. So yeah, like Skyward Sword, I can understand. But Breath of the Wild, especially if there's no kind of like motion controls, that's just that's disappointing. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Nah. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot because um, this came out like before Breath of the Wild actually released. Right. So all I have here are like concept art and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But no, speaking of Breath of the Wild, like I would really, 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 really recommend that you play it. Yes, I I do intend to. Uh, I think the main reason I hadn't gotten around to playing it yet was I was trying to get through fifteen. Gotcha. Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah. Um, the way I describe it is, it's the uh, remake of the first game that it has always deserved. Hmm. It's not actually a remake of the first game, but I like to think of it that way. Yeah. Because it's the first really open-world Zelda game we've gotten since, since the, the original. Game. 
Yeah. It's and is very well constructed as an open world game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it literally you can do everything in the game in any order that you want. You could go fight the final boss right after getting through the tutorial section if you wanted to. It's not recommended, but people have done it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's there's so much in that game that is just a, a, a great callback to the original. That's good. And I've I've seen like bits and you know bits of it played, and there seems to be a lot of callback just to the series in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is the pinnacle of Legend of Zelda. I I honestly don't know how they're gonna top it. Hmm. It'll be fun to watch and see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Once once you've got some of that under your belt, I would love to do like a deep dive on that. Oh yeah. Get your opinion absolutely. and everything. Now. You had told me you had a timeline question. I did. I want to know like what the actual timeline is. Okay. I always get so confused about like the timeline and everything. Okay, yeah. Um, like I said, I've got the Hyrule Historia with me. So this is the, the chronology they've got on, on page 69 here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also pre-Breath of the Wild, so that hasn't been factored in yet. And it actually technically still hasn't been factored in, I don't think, but I have my own theories yeah. about that. So, um, Skyward Sword actually is our um, earliest set game. Of course. According to here, um, which well, yeah, it makes sense if, if you've even if you have any familiarity with the plot that's going on, because it predates the Kingdom of Hyrule. But. Right. Like, if I'm not, because I haven't actually finished it, but if I'm not mistaken, Ganon isn't even, like, a factor in Skyward Sword. You're right, no. Um, we do have a, my understanding is there's a, something resembling an origin story to why he, Ganondorf, can become Ganon. But I haven't played Skyward Sword yet, so I can't really speak to that. I need to finish that game then. Which, yeah, the final boss is somewhat of a uh, proto-Ganon type mm. villain. If I'm if I'm understanding what I've read about the game correctly. Sounds about right. Um. It also, this game also has an explanation for the red bird that is on the Hylian shield. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have um, Minish Cap and Four Swords. Okay. Not to be confused with Four Swords Adventures. Which is completely um, different. Minish Cap was actually... Um, it was a Game Boy Advance game. Mm-hmm. Released in 2005. 2003. Um, oh, 2005 might be the... Uh... 2005 is... I'm sorry. 2005 is the North American edition, the okay. Japanese edition. This year says it came out in 2004. Okay. Okay. That's the timeline that I have in the um, Arts and Artifacts. 
because it's got like all of the box art listed by okay. release year, mm -hmm. as well four as like logos and stuff. Oh no, Four Swords Adventures was two thousand four. Four Swords was a multiplayer uh, game that was packaged with a link to a re-release of a Link to the Past. Right on the Game Boy Advance. Yes, according to the Historia here. And that was, huh? That can't be right. What? North American edition released in December of 2002. Japanese edition was released in March of 2003. Hmm. That can't be right. The release date I've got here in the Historia is 13th, 2003. It doesn't specify what, where that was. Yeah, that's what the Japanese edition says. March 14th, 2003. Hmm. It's interesting that that actually supposedly came out in North America first. That is odd. I wonder if that's a misprint. Um, Minish Cap came out in 2004 and was a prequel to, apparently, to Four Swords. Gotcha. Um, so those took place within close... Uh, close proximity. Close, close proximity. Yes. Um, following that, we have Ocarina of Time. This. Okay. So we've got three different links here. Now this is where things get. This is where things get screwy. So we have a timeline in which. Um, Link is defeated in the final battle in Ocarina of Time, and Ganondorf is victorious. Which isn't something that can actually happen in a game. Right. Which I mean, is... you can die in the final battle. I mean, you can die, but you don't actually get, like, a bad ending or anything. Right. Right. It's just game over, reload your save, try again. But since, you know, Ocarina of Time deals with a lot of time travel and jumping back and forth, then I guess they figured that it'd be fun if we split off the, a timeline where he fails. A theoretical uh, timeline. Uh, yes, a theoretical timeline. And this is this is probably the darkest, contains the darkest series of games. Um, and so you've got Link to the Past uh, follows this timeline. Okay. And I believe Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons is the same Link. Okay. Possibly. That's the way it looks grouped here. Let me... But that one would follow Link to the Past. I mean, it came out, they came out almost, uh, no, yeah, a decade later. Hmm. So I don't know that I would necessarily believe it's the same Link. Like, Majora's Mask in um, Ocarina of Time, like, I can believe that, because that was just a couple years later. But the Oracle games came out. 10 years after A Link to the Past came out. Um, it... No, yeah, it is supposed to be the same Link. That's odd. It is, but... I mean, okay. Um, it, it is involves... what it is. I can't really argue with the, uh, the official... Yeah. Um, and it looks like, even though... Well, 
Okay, it doesn't look like there's uh Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages if there's a canon uh canon order for that. Um and of course Link's Awakening follows after the uh the Oracle games. Again, same link. Right, same link that I got. Um yeah. here's a question though. Okay. Um because I'm not as familiar with Ocarina of Time. Was mm-hmm. there a whole lot of mention of, like, the three goddesses or anything in those games? Or in that game? I think there was some. Like, there may have been a reference, but I don't... I could also be getting it uh, seen confused. No. Hmm. I don't remember. Because here's the interesting bit, is um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle mm-hmm. of Seasons, if I'm reading this concept art correctly, that's where we first get, like, personalities and names for the three goddesses. They were. The goddesses were heavily involved in Ocarina of Time because you get um, Link's three magic abilities are each tied to one of the three goddesses. Okay. And the, it explicitly ties a goddess with each Triforce, which may have been linked to the past, started that, but Ocarina of Time did have mention of the three goddesses specific. Okay. But, I mean, you're, you're right. It does seem like Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons did give personality and fleshed out these characters in a way that we don't... I don't think we see elsewhere. Well, you get a little bit of that in Breath of the Wild, but I won't get into that too much. Okay, that's fun. But yeah, no, Ocarina of Time did deal with the three goddesses. Okay, alright. So, Ocarina of Time technically would have been the first that we actually got of that. Sounds like it, yes. Okay. If it wasn't in Link to the Past, then it would have been... I'm not sure if they were actually named in Link to the Past. That's the thing, as I can't remember. Okay. Because they did have names in Ocarina. Unless they got names in Swords Adventure... Then, well, no, wait. Okay, sorry, we skipped an entire... Okay, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Ocarina of Time is probably. Sorry, okay. a couple of the pages got stuck together, and I was looking at the, because I also have a a order that the games were released. Okay. That I can refer back to. Anyway. So yes, after Link's Awakening, we have a uh, a golden era of sorts for Hyrule that then um, that then collapses in the backstory of the original two games. Gotcha. Cause... So, Legend, Legend of Zelda and Adventure of Link are the tail end of the uh, Fallen Hero timeline. Because the uh, Legend of Zelda, like the original Legend of Zelda, it's basically it takes place in like this um, wasteland almost. Yeah. Like wilderness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Adventure of Link, we see where, I guess where the Hylian where civilization, it may not even be Hylians at this point, 
um, mm. retreated gonna, to a corner of the world. I'm going to say it probably is because the, the world had a name from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was always Hyrule. Right. And but I don't Hylian, think... Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Hylian is actually a distinct race of of humans in some of the games. In some of the games. Like, again, I mean, it, it, well, it's probably neither here nor there, but the pointy ears is, I think, a defining trait of Hylians. It's, um, it's actually brought to light in Twilight Princess? Is that right? It might be. Because there's people in Twilight Princess that don't have pointy ears. Yes. Yes. And they're not... I mean, they live in Hyrule, so they're, you know, culturally Hylians, but... But racially, not necessarily. Yeah. I want to say... I want to say that there are a lot of other games where, like, there's not really a distinction made. Like, if you're this is humanoid and you don't belong to, like, the Gerudo or the, um, like, the Zora or anything like that, you're Hylian. Like, that's pretty much this, their name for humans. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fair. So I think it depends on which timeline we're talking about. Right. But... <laughs> All of this digressing from the point where um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the adventures of Link takes place in a separate part of the world, okay. where the area that you're covering in the original Legend of Zelda game is like kind of down and off to the side of part of the area that you cover. Um, as far as like place names and stuff, do we get anything significant in Adventure of Link? Do you know? Yes, we do. All of the cities in, um, all of the major cities in Adventures of Link are the names of the sages in Ocarina of Time. Interesting. Yep. I'm actually glad you, uh, you brought that up because I had forgotten. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. So, um. What about, like, regional names? Like, do we hear about, um, like, Gerudo Valley or anything like that? Um, I don't remember. I'm going to pull up a map. I'm actually looking at a, uh, it's not a labeled map. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Raru, Ruto, Soraya, Noburu, and Darunia are the names of towns in Adventures of Link. That is incredibly interesting. Oh. Apparently, Shadow Link first shows up in Adventures of Link. Yeah, I think I had heard that. Yeah, I'm not finding a labeled map or anything, so I don't even know that yeah. the regions were necessarily named. Yeah. But uh, Death Mountain is actually on in the southwest corner of the map of Adventure of Link. Um, oh, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'm seeing it. I, I just found somebody who like highlights... Like this section of the map, like here's here's the mountain and here's like these two lakes and actually I think it's like one big lake. I believe that's Lake Hylia. Probably. I believe it's Lake Hylia. 
And then there's like a forest in the lower left-hand corner, and the cemetery all the way on the left. Oh, you're talking about the original game map? I'm talking about this little section of the uh, Adventure of Link that looks very oh, similar. Okay. okay, yeah, that is probably Lake Hylia then. Well, because I have yeah. my theories about the original game map. Okay. Which we can get into as soon as we finish going through the timeline. Okay. And I actually do have a... Uh, it's very tiny, but I do have a, a map of that in the book, so we'll come back to that. That's the one thing I don't have in this art book is maps. That's a bummer. Like, I've got concept art and art from, like, the instruction booklets and stuff for all of the characters from every single game. And then I've got logos and package gallery for both the Japanese and the Western releases. Mm -hmm. And then I've got like sprite lists from the older games, you know, back when sprites were a thing. Yeah. But I don't have I maps. Actually, I actually do have maps. Nice. Yeah, I've got a map. It, nothing is labeled and they're kind of small. That's probably, have... that's probably why I don't have the maps in mine is because they already put them in that book. But, like, I've got the overworld and the underworld from Link to the Past. I've got the overworld maps of um, Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past, or not Link to the uh, Link's Adventure. Um, I think I, I've got a, a map of Skyward Sword. I think I've got a labeled map of Skyward Sword earlier in the book. Mm. Um. But yes, so that is, we have come to the end of the dark timeline. Okay. And now, so because of the way Ocarina of Time ends with, you know, you've defeated Ganon, and then he is, you know, Link is sent back so that he can grow up normally, which inherently splits the timeline. Right, because he, like, skips his entire childhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole ten years. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to being seven years old, and he and Zelda are somehow able to convince her father that Ganondorf is a bad dude, and we don't have to worry about ten years of Ganon's rule. Um, and this is the timeline where Majora's Mask takes place, obviously. Right, because it's, it's basically a timeline where like, none of the actual, like, in the future portion of Ocarina of Time actually happens. That's correct. Because he's able to prevent it with the foreknowledge that he has. Right. Um, so Majora's Mask happens, and this is actually the timeline that spawns Twilight Princess. Okay. Which is why it, it threw me off a little bit playing Twilight Princess as soon as I was able, because that was my first... Um, the first time I encountered the concept that Legend of the Legend of Zelda games aren't a continuous story in the normal sense. Right. That it's different timeline. There are different points in time. So I was a little confused because the backstory they were giving was never wasn't it wasn't really Ocarina of Time, and so that threw me off. But this this explains why that is. Um, so you have Twilight Princess and then Four Swords Adventures follows after that okay which wraps up the plot of minish cap and four swords 
which is funny because they're on separate timelines. No, uh, Four Swords and Minish Cap take place before Ocarina. That's right. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. I see. I'm already getting confused. Um. But with the ending of Ocarina of Time, we also have a timeline where the hero disappears. Right. You know, because he's been sent in time, so he no longer exists in this timeline. But the um, the backstory of Wind Waker actually occurs following this timeline. So Hyrule getting flooded and... Uh, gotcha, gotcha. So you've got Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass, which are the same link. And it's funny. Same from... link? Yes. Really? Yep. I thought that they were, like, I knew they were on the same timeline, but I thought that they were separate. Nope. In fact, uh, Phantom Hourglass actually opens with uh, one of the characters giving the, telling the story of Wind Waker to Link and Tetra. And it's obviously about the characters that are having the story told to. Gotcha. Um, the Spirit Tracks is, is on that timeline as well, but it's like a hundred years in the future or something like that. Yes, yes. Spirit Tracks is, is... Yeah. Which, Spirit Tracks is, is probably the first time they've directly... Well, no, because Four Swords Adventures is obviously following Four Swords. But still, it's not often that you have a game that isn't a direct sequel. But still that... following the same timeline, like, very yes. obviously. And it's, and it's obviously within the, like, it makes, it dates itself, or it um, relates itself to the prior games. Right. Because there's... I'm, there's actually... I'm wildly off base with Spirit Tracks, but I was always under the impression that it... it anchored itself to Phantom Hourglass. No, yeah, there's there's a there's a character called Linebeck and he talks about like his ancestor and all that. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, Linebeck cuz I think Linebeck's fate at the end of Phantom Hourglass is kind of up in the air. Yeah. But so like obviously nice. he's he's, you know, he has descendants. Yeah, so that's 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 nice that that we get some closure on his character. Um and I believe one of uh, one of Tetra's pirates doesn't he make an appearance? I think so. Yes, as an old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's actually the one who is telling the story at the beginning of Phantom Hourglass. Okay. I forget his name. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> I played a little bit of of Wind Waker, but I haven't actually played much of it. Yeah. I haven't played Wind Waker at all yet, and I want to because I actually enjoyed Phantom Hourglass. Mm. It was it was fun. So is that that's um... that is that is the timeline we have up through um, what two thousand two thousand twelve I guess thirteen maybe no two thousand eleven. Wow. Um, that being said, there is one more, I guess, that I have that you don't on here, and that is mm -hmm. uh, Link Between Worlds, which oh, yeah. was a direct sequel to um, A Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Presumably following Link's Awakening? Um, I'm not actually sure exactly where in the timeline it falls. Because I haven't <laughs> played it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But yeah, that because um, that came out in 2013. My book um, goes up to 2016. Okay. With the uh, Toilet Princess HD remaster. Gotcha. Okay. Um. But there's a uh, Triforce Heroes, which I'm guessing is probably linked to the Four Swords timeline. Which one? Uh, Triforce Heroes. It was a 3DS game that came out in 2015. Oh, I'd forgotten about that one. But other than that, in Link Between Worlds, everything else that came out after Skyward Sword has been, like, remasters. Yeah. Yeah, no, my book has up through uh, Ocarina of Time 3D. And obviously, it was... I mean, it was just prior to the release of Skyward Sword, but... Yeah. Um, How much of the uh, Breath of the Wild landscape do you not want to know about? Um, I don't know. It's hard to know what uh, what I don't already know. Well, well, let's start with this then. What do you already know? Um, I know there are two, or at least theoretically, two different temples of time. Or. Let me rephrase. Technically inaccurate, um, but I see where you're don't going. Line up properly. I see where you're going. Um, I can clarify that for you if you would like. Well, it's not gonna like it's not gonna spoil the game. You start out at the Temple of Time from uh, Ocarina of Time. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. People but... have actually done like there's a tutorial area that you can't leave until you finish mm -hmm. the tutorial. And people have yeah, done like extensive glider. Yeah. People have done like extensive mapping and everything to match the entire plateau that you start on to Castletown from Ocarina of Time. Like it matches up it exactly. There's two Castle Towns. There's two Castle Because towns. the Castle Town from, from Twilight Princess is also Yes. The okay. Castle Town that is actually outside of Hyrule Castle and in, in Hyrule Field is like I won't say it's an exact replica or anything like that, but it's maps to the Twilight Princess Castle Town almost exactly. Right. Yeah, and I've seen bits and pieces of that, and it's definitely the fountain. It's definitely the same fountain. Mm -hmm. And the same... I hesitate to say the same castle, but it looks similar it's enough. It's very similar. Which is obviously fairly different from the Castle Town we have in Ocarina. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. Um, I know Spectacle, Spectacle Rock is nowhere near where it should be. Um, it's not, no. It's between Hyrule Field and uh, the Gerudo Desert. Mm -hmm. Where it should be either on or near Death Mountain. Which is also not technically where it's supposed to be either. Yeah, because that should be northeast. It should be northeast, or like dead due north. Yeah. 
Well, so let's take a look at the um, the original game's map. Yes, let's do that. Because I have some theories about things. Okay. Okay. So you start in the like this the like due south area, yes. right? South edge of the map. It's kind of a green, foresty area. Mm-hmm. Um, that extends fairly far to the east, like almost to the coastline. Right. It gets much like denser towards like the east and the north. Yes, it does. So I'm going to argue that the starting area is actually Hyrule Field. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm with you. So then that large lake that takes up like eight different screens. Oh, that is eight different screens. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. uh that's Lake Hylia. Mhm. And then you've got yep. the river. I think, that's, I think I think that is actually confirmed as Lake Hylia okay. in certain sources. So then you've got this river that flows like into it from the north from a, mm-hmm. a waterfall. Yep. Um, Two waterfalls. We're going to call that Zora's River. Ah, uh, I see. I see where we're going. Okay. All right. And and that that lake. Okay. Um. Of course, we know Spectacle Rock, which is Death Mountain. Mm-hmm. Over to the west. Now, okay. Quite, it, that's the waterfall you get the master or magic sword from. That's, the, that the that's where you sword? get the silver sword from. Right. Okay. Oh, that's right. The no, isn't the silver sword from the the which one do you get from the cemetery? I believe that's the magic sword. Okay. Huh, okay. Um, but then you've got this like sandy bit, like just south of Zora's River. Yeah, the desert. The Gerudo Desert. That's not where that should be at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Because um, then you got the Lost Woods all the way in like the southwest. Yeah. Which we know for a fact is the Lost Woods because you have to do something very specific to get out of it or else you're just going to be stuck in there forever. Now, would we presume then that the thicker forest area to the east would be Farron? Oh, yes. Yes, that is Farron. And the cemetery, that's got to be Kakariko Village, or which is left also in the wrong spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that lines up with the other games and its timeline. Mm-hmm. But if you tilt it uh, just a bit, almost everything on that map is in the correct place as far as Breath of the Wild actually goes. Interesting. You gotta tilt it. And there are still some yeah. things that don't line up quite right. But I have a theory. Okay. Um, because um, in the timeline where like Hyrule gets flooded, there aren't any Zoras left. This is true. They technically evolve. Which and is become the Rito. Which is the weirdest evolution ever. It's like it oh is. 
there's too much water, so we're going to fly instead. Well, I think the whole thing is they're amphibious, but they can't actually live underwater. This is, yeah. They, they need to have some kind of landmass, and it just becomes easier for them to grow wings and fly instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing about, like, the, the Rito in Wind Waker, like, specifically remember, like, their ancestors, like, their fish ancestors or something like that. Hmm. So we know for a fact that they are descended from... Yes. Um, the, the Zora. Zora. However, in Breath of the Wild, you have both. Yeah. Not only that, but the, the Rito in Breath of the Wild are far more advanced in their evolution than the ones in Wind Waker. Okay. Because they're actual birds. Yeah. They're not just like people with beaks and optional wings. They're actual birds. Hmm. So my theory is that there was some sort of major calamity that caused the goddesses to need to merge the timelines. Hmm. So that's where you end up with Rito and Zora, like, coexisting. Mm-hmm. As well as accounting for the two different ruins of Castletown. Yeah. And, you know, when you do stuff like that, stuff gets, like, mixed up. And ends up yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. The world gets shifted pretty, pretty rough. So that's my theory, is that Breath of the Wild is the latest in the timeline. It's like hundreds of thousands of years in the future. And I think that's, that is likely, it is likely, um, probably in, yeah, having that set at the latest of, even if it only occupies one timeline, it would be at the end of that timeline. Mm. But I, I do like I do like your your there. It's hard to reconcile the the Rito with the. Well, and there's Zora. also there are references to every single timeline. It's not like any of the names of places and stuff only come from one timeline. Yeah. Because there's a Lineback Island. This is true. But then, like, if you look at, like, the, the names of a lot of the places in um, Zora's domain at the top of the river, mm-hmm. they use yeah. a lot of names and stuff from, like, Twilight Princess and, and all that. Oh, yeah. Like, specifically in honor of, like, ancestors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be a hard... Uh... Like, to me, that just seems hard to reconcile unless it, like, descends from all timelines. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a lot of, um, a lot of references across the board. Mm-hmm. In such a way that it seems like it's, it's less of a reference and more of a, uh, like, existing within the same world kind of thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. So anyway, that's my theory. Yeah. No, yeah. Like I said, I think it's um 
It it definitely makes sense. I think so. I like to think so. <laughs> and there's not a lot that does. Yeah. With, uh, with the this situation. Um, right. Yeah. No. There's just there's too many things where it's like they use both versions of a thing. Like we said, the Rito and yeah. the Zora, or like the two castle towns, or the fact that Spectacle Rock and Death Mountain are two completely different things on two completely different ends of the map. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the most confusing thing for me, just in general. And it's like Rito Village is it is Dragoner's Island. Like, there's really no yeah. getting around that. Like, you look at it, it looks exactly the same. It looks very, right. very much eroded. But it's, like, mm-hmm. right in the middle of a lake. Just this big yeah. tower rising up out of the middle of this lake with a perch on it. Yeah. Oh, in the, um... What is it called? The Twilight Mirror? Yes. Is in the game as well. It's broken. Yes, it but it's should there. be broken. Like, there's this whole quest where you have to go, like, find pieces of it. What? You take pictures of it. Don't actually have to put it back together. Okay. It's just, you got this guy trying to, like, read what the inscription says, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you um, play through Twilight Princess yet? No, I have not finished it. Okay. Okay. I need to go back and finish it. Yeah, it was... I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I played of it. Most mm-hmm. of... Most of my issues with um, finishing Zelda games is I just don't have time. Hmm. Yeah, time is... Because there's so much you can do before... Yeah, it's like, you know, side quests and all of that. But it's also like, it focuses much more on puzzles and stuff rather than on mm. story. Yeah. So it's like, you have to be in the mindset of, I'm going to sit down and devote a whole bunch of time to doing puzzles today. Yeah. This is true. So yeah, it's, it's not... It's not that I don't enjoy the games, because I mm-hmm. really do. I just rarely ever find the time to sit down and play through them. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I won't. I won't spoil too much about how the mirror gets broken. Well, that those details I don't necessarily know. I do know what the big twist is, though. I mean, that's kind of hard to uh, avoid these days. Yeah. Which twist are you referring? Um, Midna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the reason I, I brought it up was that uh, the mirror was originally used to send Ganondorf away in the child timeline. I gotcha. Yeah. But there was an entire uh, civilization living on the other side. Whoopsie. Yeah. That's always the way it goes, because that was a big 
part of the um, if I'm not entirely mistaken, it's a big part of the the um, plot for A Link Between Worlds. Hmm. Is that you had this dark world, and there were actually people living over there. Oops. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to play that, then. I can't... Might, I mean, it might not be the the same thing as the twilight realm it's a little bit different i think but maybe okay. not too terribly different um i can't personally recommend it but i know jack's very much enjoyed it when he played it that's good of course uh link the past is his favorite game this is true and so having a um a sequel that isn't that i mean takes place in the same area because mm-hmm. both the Oracle games and Link's Awakening, I think, if I'm remembering right, don't exactly take place in Hyrule. I don't believe so. And in fact, Link's Awakening, I believe, takes place largely on like a dream world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Oracle games take place in Holodrum and Labrina. Mm. And then... Koholint Island is the setting for Link's Awakening. I feel like there's a town called Koholint in uh, Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Or a beach or something. Wouldn't surprise me. There was so much in that game. <laughs> so, so much in that game. Looking at the old uh, concept art for Link's Awakening. Ah. Uh. <laughs> oh, the owl. Yes, the owl. I'm trying to remember, there's a story behind what the owl is supposed to be, isn't there? Um. Oh, I think it's implied or believed that the owl is. No, that wouldn't make sense. Never mind. I want to say he was a character from Skyward Sword. Let me find the character list from Skyward Sword. Yeah. Oh, right. He was the Sage of Time. Gepora is um, is a character from Skyward Sword. He's Hylian. But he has a very owlish look to him. He was uh, an instructor, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. That's right. He's also the Sage of Time, so it could be the same person. It's quite possible. Raul Ruse, the, sa- the name of the Sage of Time. <laughs> he does. it. Yeah, he looks a lot like... Uh... Oh, wow, that's uncanny. <laughs> Sorry, looking at uh, drawings of Gepora and uh, Raul Ruse, they look very, very similar. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. That's what that is. I want to say Rauru was the name of a mountain in, um, actually all of the sages get mountains named after them in oh, Breath of the Wild. that's nice. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Mountains or something similar. Yeah. As well as the dungeons. Dungeons get named after the sages, too. Okay. Which is really cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're just about coming to the end of it. I do have one quick question before we close out. Okay. From the original game, the very, very okay. first game, what was your favorite and least favorite enemy? Least favorite is going to be the... Um... The Lionels. <laughs> I'm glad I could remember the name too, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, they were just they were a pain. They were terrifying. Yeah. Um, my favorite is probably the Dark Nuts, just because they just they looked cool. Yeah, they did. I would have to say my least favorite was the Wallmasters. Yep. I had yep. nightmares about those things growing up. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I had no, nightmares that's... about those things. That is, yeah. My favorite. Hmm. Uh. Probably the Octorok. Just for the sake of mm -hmm. nostalgia. Those are always the first ones yeah. to get into. Yeah. And it's... And I don't know. Something about them. Like, I know they're not supposed to be cute. But they, they but look they cute. They always are. They always are. Every mm -hmm. single time. Like, the concept art. Like, the actual drawings of them in the instruction manual were not cute at all. They look terrifying. Yeah. But... Somehow, whenever they get rendered in a game, they're always adorable, every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm actually a little bit sad that they don't show up in more games. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I think about Legend of Zelda enemies, that's kind of what I think about. Yeah, it's the first thing that comes to mind, because there's like one direction you can go starting out where you find Tektites first. But other than that, you always That's run across right. the Octoroks first. Like, they're your level one mobs. Yeah. And I'm a little sad that uh, Moblins aren't used as often as Bokoblins. Yeah. And also, they've changed how they look. Like, they don't look like Bulldogs yeah. anymore. No, they don't. They look like pigs. Which is sad, because yeah. I like the little bulldog look. They were cute. Yeah. <sighs> Any final thoughts? Um, I don't uh, know if I've got anything. Alrighty. I guess that wraps us up for this week.
Yeah. Um, I think we're going to try for uh, next weekend to record another episode. I'm not sure yep. at this point what exactly that's going to be, but we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, we keep forgetting to do this, but <laughs> yes. Uh, Twitter. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, Twitter's probably the best place to do it. Yep. Um, I'm at Ragdoll127. And I am at Captain Fenris. F-E-N-R-I-S. Mm-hmm. All one word, no underscores. Or yeah. No, no punctuation. Um, so yeah, hit us up. Um, if you have any thoughts, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions uh, for topics, we're uh, taking down a list of things we want to talk about in the future. I'm just kind yeah. of working through it as we go, or whatever we come up with on any given time. Yeah. And um, you yeah. had an idea before we started yes. recording. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, when you uh, tweet us about our podcast, go ahead and throw on uh, hashtag NerdscapePod. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'd love to get you involved in the conversation. Yeah. How about so... we put that question out there? Um, what was your... what it, it, any game in the series that you've played, what is your favorite and least favorite enemy to fight in Legend of Zelda? So tweet us, hashtag NerdscapePod, and uh, let us know your opinions. Alright, well, um, I've been Fen. And I have been Ralma. And this has been Nerdscape. Thanks for listening. Yep, thank you. And we'll see you later. <laughs>